Welcome to Waypoint Church Online. So glad that you've joined us today. Whether you're on YouTube or Church Online or just catching up on the podcast, we're really glad that you're with us. Unfortunately, we're still not able to meet together as we were all longing to do, but together we are church family. It's so good that some lockdown has been lifted after 13 weeks um, shops have opened up just in time for Father's Day. So I'm, I'm really excited uh, about just the, the whole splurge of gifts that are going to come through um, being a father on Father's Day. Um, I might be waiting a long time, but um, it, it, it's great to be able to show love and to, to care for one another and to be able to get out a little bit more. One thing we've been doing as a church is we, we have been showing love and getting out a little bit. And we've had a help hub in our church and uh, Claire has recorded a video just to update us as a church on what's been happening. So the week before lockdown, the vision of just being able to support our community through regular food parcels to the families we've been getting to know through midday munch and board and bags to the isolated was born. 10 days later, we became an official hub offering three essential services food parcels to those um, most vulnerable in our community, the help service of shopping, prescriptions, chats, dog walks, that kind of thing, and also the boredom bags. This week, which was our 13th week, we have completed our 1,000th help. Each household are not just an anonymized ID number to us, they're an individual, a couple, or a family, each with their own circumstances and each with their own story. We started off just by practically showing God's love um, through the ways we were helping and supporting. We've had the privilege, in addition to those um, basic helps, to also be able to bless those households on their birthdays, with the birth of a new baby this week, sadly through deaths and also Ill illness diagnoses. Where possible, we've tried to have consistent volunteer support so that we can build up relationships with the people we're helping. The volunteers often come back and say that the conversations on the doorsteps have taken longer than the actual help itself. Through those conversations, through building relationships, we've started to hear stories. The volunteers are talking about why we're doing what we're doing, talking about church services and activities, and also talking about our faith in Jesus. We've also had the privilege of praying for and with many of the people we've been supporting. Invites have recently gone out to Destination at Home and Alpha Online, and we're just praying that some of those people will respond to come to those things. Actually, we have already had some sign up for Destination at Home, which is really exciting. The work of the Help Hub has started to impact the households we've been working with, but also their wider families and our local community. Massive thank you to lots of people, to our volunteers who faithfully served over these last 13 weeks, to those who've donated items and finances, to our local supermarkets, to Fair and Borough Council, and also to the national and local organisations who've given us grants. So the first 13 weeks, and I say the first 13 weeks, have been beyond anything we could ever have imagined. And we're really excited to see what God's going to do next. This was a year of see I'm doing a new thing. This has certainly been a new thing. And so we're excited to see whether it's within this building, as we come back or outside, what God's going to continue to do through this service. I want to add my thanks uh, to Claire and the team for those who are serving um, each day and caring and loving and practically helping. I want to also thank 
Um, so many people in our church family and beyond who are donating food and money to help make a difference because it really is. I also want to thank um, the church on a wider basis because I know that many of us, we, we might not be able to help with the food bank, but what we can help with is with our neighbours, with conversations, with kindness. You know, it's so important that we show the love of God in our everyday lives through actions and words, especially with with just this high intention and reality over the prejudice and racism that's hitting our news headlines. I mean, it's horrendous, the things that we've seen online. But what it does is it shows us that we need to be people who share God's love, who say every life matters. Black lives matters. Every life matters. And right at the beginning of the Bible in Genesis, it says that men and women of every color were made in the image of God. We as a church can't just be silent and say, oh, we, we support, support that equality. We need to make sure that we speak out at work, at home, in our neighborhood to share the love of God. You know, quite a few years ago, there was those little wristbands that people had, WWJD, what would Jesus do? I think that was a really good prompt, but also what would Jesus say? And I think it's a challenge on us not to be silent, but to speak out. I want to thank you for those who are doing it. I want to encourage those who are finding that oppression and challenge that we stand with you. I think we as a church, we need to be listening and hearing and together show a different way, the way of Jesus, which is the way of love. Now, that wasn't my sermon. I just want to say that we as a church, we will speak out and we need to speak out and we need to learn and do this together. I want to pray before we we dive into some worship and we look at the sermon. I'm going to pray. So let's just pray together. Father, I thank you that you are a God who created all of us. I thank you that you put your image in us, in every single person. I thank you that you love people and you call us to love as well. I thank you for the family that we have around us as a church. I thank you for the things that we're able to do. I thank you for those who are giving and serving in so many ways. I thank you that we have this privilege to reach out and show your love and demonstrate your love in practical ways. And I just pray, God, that that may grow and increase, that we reflect you more. But Father, I want to pray for right now, as we spend some time worshiping and looking at, at your word, that that we may come and and quieten our hearts before you. We may lift our eyes towards you and that we may receive more of you. Father, we give our lives again to say that you are the author and perfecter of our faith and the race we run is the one that follows you. And I pray that as a result of this time together, we may be better followers and may people who walk closer to you. We pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. If you are part of our church email list, you would have received a a link um, to this video and also to some worship playlists. It's so important to worship, to, to stop and to focus, to lift our eyes, to give worth and glory to God. In scripture, it says around the throne of God, the angels and archangels are are singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Around the very throne of God is some worship. And we get the privilege of being able to join that. I want to encourage you, whether you use our worship list or or you use a, a different medium, that's fine. It's so important that we worship God together. So I want to encourage you to do that. Well, today is Father's Day, as I mentioned a little bit earlier. I'm still waiting for gifts, but I'm sure they're going to come piling in. 
And I want us to look at uh, this morning at, or this afternoon or whenever you're watching it. Today, I want to look at at how God is a, a good, good father, how he's a unique and amazing and a generous and a wonderful father. And before we, we dive into that, unpack that a wee bit. Uh, we asked the church this week um, two questions. We said two questions. Would you do a video and send it in? The first question is this, is what is good about your father? So, so listen to these encouraging words. The best thing about my dad, Mike Terry, is his amazing sense of humour. He loves me and he's proud of me no matter what. It's just been his support over the years. It's been like a constant thing. Is that he came to all my football matches, every single one, until I was 18. And my daddy loved going and for the Alex, my daddy, and it loved it. And my daddy is really cool. The uh, best thing about my dad, I think, is his generosity. Uh, he's funny. He's kind. He raised me really well. He's patient and had a lot of faith in me. My dad is one of those persons that is so charismatic. His willingness to spend time with me is something I always really valued when I was growing up, knowing that he had time for me uh, and that included just playing. In my opinion is how how generous he is, his generous heart. Like... His values are insane, like so good, especially his family values. Well, we do share interests, like chemistry. Ooh, chemistry. He was a man of faith. He was kind, gentle, and always had a smile on his face, and very rarely got angry. But when he did get angry, boy, did you know that you were in trouble. The best thing about my dad is that he plays football with me a lot, and he's really, really funny. <laughs> My favourite thing about my dad is his jokes that are not so funny sometimes. <laughs> Even though when he doesn't say a word, I know exactly what I, I need to do, what I have to do, just following his example, you know. His one it was his amazing record collection and all the different bands that he introduced me to. Was his love of the outdoors and his sense of humour. My favourite thing about my dad, well, there are a lot of things. Father's Day is a bit of a strange one for me. On one hand, it's great to be shown love and value by my kids. And on the other, it brings a lot of sadness. My dad and I are not close. We speak a few times a year and our conversations are limited and shallow. So it's a bit of a tough one to answer the first question. So I think I'll skip it. I also remember that he was there for me through the good times and the bad times. I have the ability and potential to breach those things. If he sees any need whatsoever, he just wants to give and do what he can. The way how he teaches me about things in life, how to deal with situations, how to treat people. But also shared interests. And that's something I've really tried to take forward in my own parenting. Uh, back in the days when you were allowed out, um, if we ever weren't out with my dad, he was always like, I'll pay, I'll pay. The fact that I can tell him anything, that he's really caring, he's really kind, he's loving, and he's my best friend. And I love you so much, Dad. Uh, both practical support, but also just emotional support and encouragement. So I've just been so grateful for that over the different seasons of my life. And he's friendly, he's sporty, so he's nice to go to the park with. He'd get into the car when I was learning to drive. He ate the first meals I cooked. Brave. 
he literally can't have anyone that doesn't like him. But I think the most important thing was always somebody I could talk to, uh, somebody I could go to anytime, anywhere, and just ask his opinion on life and ask him for some guidance. He was always available. I think the one that I enjoy most is that he always tries and make tries to make time to spend time with me and with me and mummy and Toby. Just to make it better, um, if I can be more like him, that I'd be pretty happy with myself. He's one of the best persons to be with, and that's why he has so many friends and so many people who who know him and like him. And I really can't think of anyone that I know that doesn't like my dad. Um, and I know that everyone who knows him is a big fan of him, uh, like I am. The biggest thing I learned from my dad was how he never left my mother's side when she was sick in bed for two years. He stayed and looked after her and my sister and I, and he never once complained. And his biggest mission in life was to make us laugh and happy. Could ask him already. Pretty great guy. <laughs> You know, it's great seeing your faces again. It's, it's so, so good. I really, I'm looking forward to all gathering together. Uh, and it's great to hear some of those encouraging things uh, of how good your father was. But I, I wonder if you, can, if you can sort of relate to this experience. Have you ever been to a, a theatre or cinema and you get there a little bit earlier and you find your seat and, and you have a lovely view of the stage and the screen before you and, and you're looking forward to what's going to come? And then out of the corner of your eye, you, you noticed a, what quite literally is a giant. I mean, a big person with a big hat. They come in and they're walking down. They're clearly looking for their seat. And, and you have this suspicion that the seat they're going to sit in is the one right in front of you. And that's exactly what happened. They make their way in front of you. They sit down and all of a sudden they just block out everything. And then you're going, well, at least they'll take their hat off. And they take their hat off. And you suddenly discover that underneath that hat is a bigger hairstyle. It's like a TARDIS hat. And what's revealed is just everything's blocked out. And I'm not sure if you've ever experienced that. And you're wondering, how am I going to see the stage? You know, when it comes to looking at God as father, some of us actually have very good views of that. We, we, we have a, a picture of a father because the father that we, we've known and experienced is a good father. There, there are times of fun and of encouragement and, and of pride and cheering on. And what we do is we hear God is a, a, a father, is we're going, well, that's the sort of God that he is to me. That's the sort of father that God is to me. See, but others of us, um, our image of father is a bit more like that big person sat in front of us. It, it's someone who blocks this glorious picture of God, is blocked because our earthly father isn't a good picture. Maybe he's bit, he's, he was absent or a bit neglectful, maybe quite critical or maybe abusive or maybe just a bit of a muppet at times. And, and because of that view of your father, when you hear that God is father, is some of those views are, are transferred to God. And, and you're going, I can't see God like that because all I see is this eight foot giant in front of me and I, and I, I don't like it. So, so what we do is we focus on other names of God. So God is savior and shepherd and rock and, and Lord and master. And we say, I will look at those names. Now those names are all biblical and they're all good and they're true. But throughout scripture, this name of God as Father. It recurs again and again. And if we say, oh, I'll just push that to the side, we're missing out something very rich and something very close and something very intimate that God wants us to know and encounter and experience. 
My personal view of God um, is, I would say, it's primarily that view of God as father. Whenever I read scripture, when I sing songs and stuff, I, I often see God as father. Father God is a really powerful and a, a main way that I view God. Now, that's not because I had this wonderful view of a father, you know, a great father who did everything. And basically, my, my father was absent. He, he died when I was 11 years old. And before then, he, he worked hard. He was hardly ever home. I've got very few memories of my father. So, so it's not necessarily an eight foot giant in front of me, but there are some traits of, I don't know, he's absent, he's not here. However, when my father died, I, I, I think that whole promise of God and that, that title of God, that God is father, it really rooted in me because I, I took God at his word. If God says, I am your father, I'm going, well, I need one of those. So, okay, so, okay, God, you are my father. That's how I'll view you. And maybe it was just that simple decision. I don't know. But as I grew up, that, that picture and that title and that reality got firmer and firmer in, in the way that I view God. When I became a father, um, so when Naomi was born, I remember sat at home and just thinking everything's changed. And, and, and as they've grown up and Izzy came along and, and they've grown up, it is my, my feeling as a father and, and my hopes and my dreams from the, my kids, how I want to encourage them, how at times I feel hopeless and helpless and can't help them. At times when, when I'm thinking, I want them to do really well and cheering on, I, I suddenly think, wait a minute, if God is my father, that must be how he views me as well. But it's better than that because God never messes up like I mess up. So all the good bits, all those perfect bits of, of what it means to be a father is that's what God wants to give to me. Now, this isn't just me projecting it on and saying, I hope that God is a father of all those good things. Actually, the Bible says it really clearly. Way back in Genesis 3, we have Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve walking in the garden with God. And it doesn't say he's a father there, but what it shows is that God wants to be in relationship, of close, intimate relationship with us. In Genesis 12, uh, God meets with Abraham and calls him out and says, I will make you uh, the father of a nation and this nation will be my child. I will be their father and they will be my son. And throughout the Old Testament, forever, uh, God's people are referred to in this father-child relationship how God loves them and God listens and God calls them out and God delivers them and God disciplines them and God saves them. It's all in the context again and again and again of a father-child relationship. Then Jesus comes and Jesus's primary way of referring to God is father. In one of his most famous sermons, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5 to 7, in those three chapters, Jesus refers to God as father over 20 times. It refers to father, father. It's a primary thing of how we are to call and understand our relationship with God. But God, but Jesus goes a little bit further. It's not just that, that father God was the father of Jesus. He also says our father. You'll remember when, when the disciple says Jesus teaches how to pray. He started by saying our father. How hallowed, holy is your name. His starting point isn't an awesome, holy God. That is true. He is that. His starting point is Father. It's Father, an intimate, close relationship. And then he is holy. It's really 
interesting. And it's really important to see that, that this father image, this father title, this father way of viewing God is something again and again, scripture calls us to view God in that. In fact, Jesus goes one step further. He actually calls him Abba, which is Aramaic for Papa or or Daddy. It's intimate and close. I remember I was in uh, Israel quite a few years ago and we were outside Israel and I, and I saw this, this guy pulling his daughter along. His young daughter was quite resistant about wherever they're going. And I heard the child calling out, Abba, Abba, Abba. I mean, she was whining, I must admit. Uh, and, and God's not calling us to whine at him. But it was that intimacy of father. A bit like, have you ever heard Prince Charles calling the queen mummy? It's about intimacy. And this is the model. This is the picture of how God wants us to be in relationship with him. In the beginning of the book of Ephesians and in several other places in the New Testament, it says that when we put our our hope in Jesus' death and resurrection, is that we are adopted into God's family. We become sons and daughters of God. God says, I am your father. You are my child. I want you to see that relationship. That's what God wants us to see and to know and experience. We asked um, the church family to, to do some videos. One is to say, what's good about your father? But we also asked another question. What is good about being a father? So, so watch this clip. In my experience, one of the best things about being a dad, of young children in particular, is seeing them go through different stages, growing from being babies to toddlers, and then from toddlers into little people. What is the best thing about being a dad? Whew, wow, top for me is being loved and being able to love. It's seeing them growing up and developing their own personalities, their skills, abilities. It's celebrating achievements with them and working through problems with them. It's getting up too early on Saturdays to take them to music, netball or football. It's laughing with them and laughing at them. It's having my family. Is getting to play together, uh, bouncing on the trampoline, going on bike rides, camping together and getting cuddles. The, the best thing about being a dad is that I get to understand that, I get to see from his side what it was like to have children, to love and to have the special gift in your life. And there is no greater joy than that, to be able to give that to someone and someone close to you like your own two beautiful kids. Uh, I understand now what it was that made my dad tick and um, you know, I wish I could go back in time and tell him thanks. <laughs> uh, so I've now got two grown-up daughters and seeing what they are achieving and seeing a part of me in them and knowing that I'm passing something on to the next generation. Is getting to do embarrassing things um, that the kids pretend are embarrassing but actually secretly love it. It's an opportunity to indoctrinate my kids with my Lego obsession. Okay, roll back a bit. There is a lot of life lessons in the structure of how Lego is built and I've always found it um, fun to use everyday um, objects to teach life lessons and it being Lego you can have fun at the same time. Yeah, that's one of the perks. And in terms of being a dad, I just love it when our, our kids who are now grown up, but they actually come to me for advice. They actually think I've got some wisdom to impart into a certain situation. And that's always so humbling. So I just love it when they do that. Best thing about being a daddy is getting feedback like that from your little ones. I think that's 
the same for me, just uh, sharing life with my kids, um, sharing their passions and watching them do different things and just trying to be that positive role model going forward. The best thing about being a dad is that I've got a live audience all the time and uh, no, I love seeing them grow up and being a part of their lives and being able to share faith with them as well. It's really cool. When God sees you, he has a heart that is one of love. It's the heart of a father. He delights and cares for you and he loves you. In Luke 15, Jesus tells us uh, a very familiar parable. Many of you will know it's the parable of the prodigal son. It's a father who has two sons and one of the sons says, dad, I want my inheritance now. Basically drop dead dad. I don't want anything to do you. I just want your money. And, the, and the, the father gives him the money for some reason. He does that. And the son goes away and he squanders the money. And then he suddenly realizes that his life is a mess and he wants to come back to his father. He comes and with a repentance saying, I'm sorry, I really screwed up. But before he says even a word, the father sees him and the father runs to him and puts a robe around him and puts a ring on his finger. And he loves him. The son then goes, Dad, I'm sorry I messed up. But again, the father loves him and brings him into the household. It's really significant to see the order of what happens is the father's response is love. Even when the son walks away, it's still love. And when the son first comes back, it's still love. When the son says, I'm sorry, dad, it's still love. This is not Jesus saying, oh, sin doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how we treat God. He's not saying that because I, I think it does. Well, actually, it does. But I want you to see again and again and again, it's love leads the way. Love permeates the story. Love is at the end of the story. When God sees you as a loving father, he says, come close to me because I love you. At the top uh, of the talk, I talked about um, being in a cinema and having a very tall person in front of you. Uh, when that happens um, when, in our family, in fact, probably still would happen in our family. If one of my girls has a very tall person in front, what happens is I, as a father, I love them and I swap seats with them. That's actually what Father God does as well. John three sixteen. for God so loved the world, so loves you, is that what he does, he sent his son to swap seats with us, to take our place, to make it possible for us to be in relationship with him. Because that's how God responds. We have a good father who loves you. And so important we see this love. I know for some, their, their experience and the picture of their father is an is a eight-foot giant. But I want to encourage you to, to swap seats with God. Allow your vision to be clear that you may see that this God of love again and again. He says, I love you. I love you. I love you. There's another chair. Uh, I, I want to talk about the chair in the cinema where I think God swaps with us is the chair in my office, in my old office. I'm in our old building. To get there, you'd have to walk up these creaky stairs to come in, in, into and see me. Now, some people on the first time of seeing me are a bit nervous, you know, seeing the senior minister and, and, and clearly God reveals all of your secret sins to the senior minister and they're, they're probably a little bit nervous. Uh, he doesn't. I'm not that spiritual. Uh, and, and once they come in, we, we get on fine, which is great. But often people can walk up the first time with a bit of trepidation. 
See, but my kids, when they were younger, did something very different. See, they would come shooting up the stairs, running into my office, jump on my spinny chair and spin. Now, the reason I let them do that is because I'm their dad and I love them. Now they're a bit older, they, they don't do it as often. Um, Izzy maybe a little bit more than Naomi, but the truth is, if they wanted to come in and they wanted to spin on my chair because they're, you know, they want to just chat and there's something on their heart. Again, my heart is, of course, you can spin on my chair. You are my child. I am your father and I want to hear you. My heart goes out to you. God is the same with you. God is the same with you. He doesn't just swap chairs with you. He also says, come and spin on my chair. In Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17, it says this. It says, God is with you. It says, he is mighty to save. He delights in you. He will quiet your heart with love and he will rejoice with song over you. This is the intimate father. This is the one who delights, mighty to save. This is the one who quiets those disturbed hearts. This is the one who sings over you. See, this is how, why God is so, so good. Why he's a good, good father. And he wants us to know that we are children, his children, and we can go to him. We can go and we can spin on his chair. We can go and say, God, I can't see. And God will, will say, let me swap chairs with you because that's what he has done. He's a God who says, I will sing over you. My heart is this Father's Day is that you may get a clearer view of Father God who loves you and cares for you so, so deeply. We have so much to be thankful for, but so much to encounter in our loving God. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you for this clear picture throughout all of Scripture, which tells us of your intimate, caring, close love for us, not as a distant almighty God, but one who wants to walk with us, one who cares for us, one who looks for us, one who saves and protects, one who comforts and sings over us. Father, those are amazing pictures. Father, thank you for, for the experiences that we have had of that. I thank you that you have more of that for us to encounter. Father, I want to pray for those who, who wrestle with that because the eight-foot giant in front of them, of their physical dad, is, it just gets in the way. And I pray, Father, for your love, it may overwhelm, that they may see that you are a magnificent, loving God. Father, but I want to pray that our relationship with you may go deeper because your love is so deep, that we may know how wide and deep and high and long your love is. That's my prayer, God. And I pray that we will know that to greater and greater ways. Pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you are on church online and you'd like someone to pray with you, there's a little button that says pray and you press that and someone will, will, will love to chat with you and pray with you. Or if you want to reach out to us, um, to our church, we would love to speak with you. But I want to encourage you to know that God is a good, good father and he loves you and has so much to give. So reach out, enjoy God, know God more, and have a great rest of your day.